0: Welcome to We Hear Her. I'm Erin Trenbeth Murray, and I'm here today with another amazing woman who is sharing her story and insights into life lessons learned. Hi there. I'm Erin Trenbeth Murray with the We Hear Her podcast for women who succeed. Happy to have you here today. And my guest is Dana Grinnell who I have just gotten to know recently and have been fascinated with her interest in women and finance and how they can become more independent, more strategic and thoughtful about their about their financial investing. I also love that um, she is in Park City and a uh, skier and has young children. And so I'm excited to talk with her today, but let me tell you a little bit about her because she was in the medical device industry for about 17 years and shifted shifted gears, and we're going to be talking a little bit um, with her about that shift, but this is a little bit more about her. She says um, she dabbed a little bit in different business models after her 17 years in what she likes to call that she's a recovered corporate executive, which I love that so much. Um, She launched a company called Pretty Smart Plus Badass, is that right? Okay, want to make sure I said it correctly, but we'll have to go into that. I remember you and I talking about that, which was a company built to empower women to exploit their inner badass in and out of work. COVID and the new baby put that company on the back burner, but ignited the opportunity for her to co-found uh, Grinnell Capital with her husband, Frank. He is a long-time institutional advisor to professional money managers, investors, and portfolio managers for large Wall Street firms. So they basically took their talents together and decided to do it themselves and now have Grinnell Capital. And you are a mom of three awesome and happy kids and are up in Park City. She says anywhere that she can take a trail on foot, bike, or skis. She's a world traveler, an avid yogi, and a dedicated foodie. So thank you, Dana, for here today yes my pleasure thank you so much for having me I love that so much I really I first want to start with yogi yeah yeah tell me a little I want to hear about that
1: oh yogi I it is like it's become just kind of part of my life I started it 20 years ago and actually had you know gone through various levels of commitment maybe once a week maybe a couple times a week dabbled in and out Um, but actually now Frank and I do it together every morning 5 a.m. We get up. The qu- The house is quiet. We do it in our living room. We turn the fire on. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of our morning ritual, uh, which, you know, he just kind of got into it about two years ago. But he's actually helped keep me accountable um, because, like I said, I'd kind of ebb and flow in and out of um, dedicated to it. So it's yeah, I love it. It's I mean, it's just a wonder for your kids. You know, they... I think they like it. They don't love it. Yeah.
0: A three-year-old's probably better at it than the other time. <laughs> so good. What a great way to ground yourself and center yourself for the day. For sure. For sure. And the days I miss it, I, I notice it in my day. I notice that I feel different. So, Well, I was so happy to get to meet you um, because when we got talking, and I do remember we went to lunch. And you were telling me about your previous business. It was like yeah. a perfect fit with Women Who Succeed. Oh, thanks. Um, and so tell tell us, a, I, would, I want you to share with everybody a little bit about what took you down that path to create that company.
1: Um, oh, the pretty smart. Okay. So my daughter calls it pretty smart and bad A word. That might be more appropriate for the audience. Um, yeah. So I, I spent 17 years in the medical device business and I had one of those moments where I just, I knew I had to go. I knew I had to change and do something different which came with a lot of um, fear and emotion. And I actually spent four or five months in career counseling, making sure I was making the right choice. Um, But at the end of the day, I made the choice and I just cold turkey left the business and really needed to find something to do. Um, I was looking in healthcare startups. I worked for a very large healthcare firm. And so I was thinking, oh, a startup might be fun. And as I did that, I got really involved in the entrepreneurial community in Denver and just got inspired to start something. So I would say it was more of a passion project than a business that had a good business model or a business that could propel it into, you know, some sort of profitability. Yeah. Um, But it was a really awesome experience. And essentially, it was just to help women. I felt like in the corporate world, there's so many trainings and courses you can take, but do they really help you as a human, you know, inside and outside of work? And then outside of work, we're so busy, it's hard to find a time to go and really, you know, like, go into the weeds on training and, and improving yourself. So we did things like we did an investing course. Um, we did self-defense. We, we did all sorts of events where we connected really experienced women with maybe less experienced women, a lot like women who yeah, succeed. Yeah. Um, which is really neat because we saw really experienced women finding you know, young women who had just gone off on their own as a designer and hiring them and their big firm to do a project. And uh, people, you know, hired each other. And it was really lifting each other up. Exactly. You know, just making connections. Um, so it was great. Um, but then COVID happens, And so the events became really difficult to pull off. And then I had a baby. And the rest is history.
0: Right. So, you know, those unexpected turns in life. Yeah. Journeys that happens. Yes. When you, you know, we'd had, um, when I'd had the last few podcast interviews, it the word fear has come up pretty much, I think, in every interview. But when I have fear, I think I'm the only person that has doubt. I'm the only person that feels like I can't do this, or I'm feeling like I, I'm i fearful that this is, I'm worried. I use the word worried a lot, you know, I'm worried that this might happen. What do you think um, is your best way that you combat that when the voice comes and and puts doubt in your mind or the fear starts to creep in?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, coming into finance, I really struggled with that a lot. Kind of that, I think they called imposter syndrome, fear, worry, anxiety, you know, what are, all the words. Um, and so I, you know, first of all, I realized finance to me was very scary. And I'm, I'm one of those women who was not a good investor. I let my husband run the ship. And, you know, and here I am in this role now, like, wait a second, why did I do that? Like, I need to make sure women feel empowered. Um, And so what I've learned having been in this role is that sometimes coming in with a fresh perspective is a good thing. Um, I was really fearful about being good enough, knowing enough, being able to talk the talk. Um, And now I look back and think, actually, I think my fresh perspective gives a whole different angle on how to do things differently. And we've been able to innovate and really like take our firm to a place that other firms may not have gone because I don't have those filters So I think, I guess, long story, long way of saying, I think trying to turn fear into something that charges you or puts you into a more innovative state or more creative state um, is maybe one way to channel it. To solve it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To just channel it in a positive direction. curious about it. I think fear is a really natural and and an emotion that, you know, it makes us human. Um, But if there's a way to kind of pivot into something that's constructive... But I also read a book recently that was really great called Positive Intelligence. I have one. It's really interesting. Um, It's a quick read, but he talks about the 12 saboteurs and identifying everyone has, you know, saboteurs is basically the inner voice that tells you um, Mm. you can't do that or you're, you know, this or that. And he talks about uh, mindfulness as a way to sort of overcome those saboteurs when they start talking to you, you know, focusing on. A physical feeling in your body, rather than letting that voice, you know, take over. Yeah, so it's a good book. If uh, oh, i
0: have to look that one up. Yeah. So when you moved into this new role, um, talk to me a little bit about that because I thought, you no, know, if I could work with my husband all day <laughs> and then not be working, but would be working, and I'm a workaholic, so I'd be talking all the time. You know, I already talk oh, pretty much about work nonstop, and so. Yeah. But what what is that? Both what is that like? With let's start with that. What is that like with your Relationship with him and your family to have your work and your personal life completely intertwined.
1: Yeah, you know it's funny because I we don't share a closet. I mean, this is just like a, a marital rule. We've almost been married twenty years. <laughs> like we we don't closet together because um, he's too messy. Uh, so it's it's interesting that we can work together. And I actually never thought we could either. But we were in this position. It was COVID. He's launching this company. I was kind of in the entrepreneurial state of mind, and it, so it just sort of happened. Yeah. Um, but it's actually been working out way better than I would have thought. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we have very different skill sets and we have mutual respect for each other's skill sets and neither of us could do the business without the other. So there's kind of that, um, you know, I need what he does and he needs what I do. Um, So that's a perfect marriage. It's it works well in business. It is tricky to try to separate business. and, And in fact, we just had a conversation recently. We really... Try to keep business during business hours, and when we're sitting around the table with our kids. Yeah, I mean, it's tempting to go and try to talk about, oh, I just had an idea, or oh, yeah. I thought of this, but we're trying to do a better job of
0: not doing that. Those boundaries. That's mm-hmm. got to be so difficult. Yeah, so difficult. That's, I think that's the hardest part, honestly. Well, tell me um, more about your specific role in the company.
1: Yeah. So he he's been a long time Wall Street investor. Yeah. yeah. So he he runs all the investments and that's kind of his, you know, his passion and that's what he's best at. He's also the chief compliance officer, thank goodness, because I really don't want anything to do with compliance. <laughs> no offense to you compliance people out there. Um, so my role is really kind of the strategy and the operations side of the business. Um, one of the things I'm really excited about, we've decided to go into a full service wealth, wealth management um, service. Up to this point, we've been more of an asset manager for professional financial planners. We're now going to do it ourselves with the, um, we're really interested in making it more approachable and bringing more women, young couples, people who have had a bad experience in the industry. So I've kind of been the brainchild behind it, just coming up with a strategy and thinking about how can we do this differently? And kind of to my first comment about trying to channel fear into creativity and innovation, it's really come out of that, you know, kind of finally took my barriers down and said, all right, I'm in this you know, and I want to do a good job. <clears throat> How can we do something that maybe the industry hasn't done before? Um, so that's, so my roles, is kind of right now, really the strategy side of it. Um, and then ultimately, as we launch this wealth management platform, it'll be the client interface and really kind of making sure the experience is, you know, exceptional. Yeah. We feel well taken care of. Well, I, I...
0: <laughs> and lately, in, and probably back to your first, you said your cause or your, you said, I, not maybe what word wasn't cause. You said it was different than a business, wasn't it? Uh, but your passion um, for women and finance, you've alluded to a few times today. Tell me more about some of the specific things that you're hoping or wanting to do um, in your role in your company um, to help women be more independent, educated, thoughtful. How does that look for you?
1: Yeah, no, that's I I get so fired up and it which shows me I actually really do like finance. You know, I thought going into this industry, oh, I don't know if I can do this, Um, but it really gets me excited because I feel like there's so much I've personally felt so empowered just knowing more about my money and knowing more about investing. And I just really want to help women see that. Um, But I've gone to a number of conferences and I sit in the room and think, no wonder women don't want to do this. Like, this is really intimidating very old school feeling it just doesn't feel approachable it doesn't p- feel empowering yeah um so i'm trying to flip that coin and what we're planning to do is take more of a life focused approach on wealth management so really helping clients think about a life vision to the point where we'd even produce a vision board for them and then translating that into what we're calling the money plan things like debt reduction savings budgeting all those more tactical financial um, aspects and then once we get that you know and we'd have coaches along the way to help clients one-on-one figure out that aspect then we would create short and long-term accounts um, that are actively invested so the client has a real picture of what they're going for and if it's camping every summer you know 20 bucks for a campsite or if it's the trip to you know Trip of a lifetime around the world, let's make sure that we're heading in that direction with finances that the finances align with
0: their values and their life plan. Do you find that I've heard and and my friends that I've talked with, many of them are um embarrassed to come forward and say, you know, I really don't know what's going on with my finances that much to the level that my husband does, right? He's doing our investing. And um what what trend or what what do you think would be a first step for a woman who's thinking, you know what? I really should be more engaged. I got to step forward on this.
1: Yeah. I mean, the first thing is just know you're not alone. I mean, I was there. I, I did well in my medical device career and my husband ran our finances. I had no idea. So don't feel alone and know that like it, it's never too late to start now, really. Um, so I think the first step is really understanding what accounts you do have. If they're old 401ks, if they're IRAs, if they're, if it's a savings account, whatever your accounts are, kind of get a grasp on where they all are. And yours and your husband's, you know, as a household, where are those accounts? Um, I think the next step, like we're actually planning to roll out a platform that will have really user-friendly education. Um, So our plan is my husband will speak to the technical side of whatever topic we're talking about, and then I will break it down into layman's terms. So if we're talking like what's a mutual fund? He'll tell us what a mutual fund is. And I'll tell you, well, it's basically like a big pizza and there's lots of toppings on it. And your slice of that pizza is, you know, your share of that mutual fund. So we're going to try to make it really user friendly. And there's a lot of platforms that do that right now. So you can certainly come to ours, but there's a lot of really great ones. And there are actually some really great ones geared specifically to women. So maybe just, you know, picking away at five minutes here or there, looking at some of those platforms, I think is a good step.
0: Oh, no, they need to go to yours. <laughs> when <did> you <laughs> get are going? No, I love that. It's brilliant because you get the credibility and, and you're so generous and, and say, you know, my husband is an, this is his thing. He is the expert in and technical, the technical elements. And then you've got this perfect yin and yang of how um, you take that credibility from his expertise and then you make it user friendly and you make it approachable and you make it doable and reasonable. Yeah. I think it's fantastic
1: well thank you i mean that's our goal and i i'm just you know i i'm one of those women so i feel like i'm just trying to offer up what would have helped me or what would currently help me um feel more empowered because like i said i've been in this this finance industry for two years and it's completely like the the switch is flipped i feel really interested and empowered and i feel like there's so much to do um there's no reason to sit on the sidelines and actually, women, statistically, are better investors. So it's actually in your husband's best interest for you to be a mess. So <laughs> you get pushed back there. That's one thing to, to
0: point out. Well, and when you just said, you know, I want to make it easier for them. And before the podcast, you and I spoke a little bit about both of our passions, which is the whole point of why we have women who succeed, is to make that learning curve shorter, to make it a little easier for young women um, to have a little bit more of a leg up than, than I did when I was 20. Um, you spoke to my mentees, your yeah. husband, last month on our monthly um, mentoring meeting. And um, all three of them have started their doing some of the work that we suggested. Okay. Oh, they've had some great conversations and they just really loved and appreciated it. I, it was exciting for me to see, you know, an 18 year old to a 21 year old, those three. Um, they were fearful. They were they were embarrassed. They didn't know where to begin. They are just barely, you know, learning how to pay rent, learning how to pay utilities. So let alone to have a conversation about bonds, they asked about bonds, they asked about stocks, they asked about IRA, they asked about, you know, and you, you were talking to them about high yield savings accounts, and those small, tiny, tiny steps that they can do when they are 20 years old and what a substantial difference that will make in the long run. I hope someday your module expands to, or even you said young couples, but you know, like somehow to that, that education of that really young age group, 18, 19, 20, 21
1: years Well, I mean, we, you know, one of the things that I'm most excited about with what we're working on is to, to build, you know, build the framework and, and make the business there's a profitability component, right, that every business has to have. But what I'm really excited about is being able to give that education to all different subsets of folks. Um, actually, I have a really good girlfriend um, that I grew up with, and she started an organization called Free to Fly. And they help um, survivors of human trafficking get back on their feet. Um, so we're gonna participate in a program that she's putting together. We're gonna be the financial component to help educate them on money, so absolutely. I mean, we love to educate, and if there's ever a need, and any, it doesn't have to be prospects to invest in what we do. If it's just people who need the education, um, I think that's that's just part of my passion. So that's absolutely something we we'd love to do. And I love your mentees were so great. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that they were fearful because they had really good questions, and you could tell they'd really done some homework. Um, so it's it gives me a lot of hope that this generation of women is. They really want to take ownership over their, their money and their finances. So I thought it was
0: really awesome to see. I think I've noticed, I've seen a lot of that as we've just been doing Women Who Succeed for two years, not very long, but the young women that we're working with, um, they really expect that they are going to own so much more of their life than my generation did, whether it's yeah. their education or it's their finances or what their gonna do with their families like there's a very strong independence um that i just i love seeing in these women
1: it's it's so cool so awesome and so encouraging and i just hope that one of them runs for president
0: i know right precious it you know so i know i'd love to see a president a female president before i die that would be awesome (laughs) um your kids you have three Mm -hmm. and boys or girls so i have two boys and a a girl yeah so when they look to their mom As they get a little older your three-year-old gets a little older and such what are you hoping are the characteristics that they see in you as a as a mom as a female as a wife what do you hope they're what when they're you know sitting on a podcast at age 40 and they say you know what my mom was like yeah and they say this what do you hope they they say you know that's such a good question um
1: I mean, I, I I definitely want them to feel that they can do anything. Uh, I, I think that society kind of puts this a little bit of a schedule in front of us. Um, and, and there's even more pressures now with social media and whatnot. And so I just really hope that they can like dig down and, and find their authentic self and put that forward into the world and not worry so much about money, not worry about the right thing to do, the conventional thing to do, to really just move forward as the human they want to be. And um, so I hope that I'm encouraging them to do that. Um, I think I'd like them to, I mean, I I think being an entrepreneur is really challenging, but also really rewarding. And so I hope that they can see that and take that into whatever they do in life. You know, my son right now, my 13-year-old, really wants to be an NFL player. So great. I hope he can do that. And, you know, but again, I hope that he sees... You know, that there's more possibilities beyond that if yeah,
0: if yeah. the NFL thing doesn't work out. Or they'll look at their mom and say, She she was a risk taker. She, she is was an a, entrepreneur. She was yeah. a dreamer.
1: Yeah. Exactly. A dreamer and you know, and kind of also not settling for status quo. I mean, that was one thing when my husband and I made this strategic decision to do a full wealth management service. I told him, I'm like, We're not gonna do this the same way everyone does it. I just I, I don't wanna do that. It's not serving most of the people out there people are just kind of pigeonholed into this the way it's always been. And I just don't want to do that. So if we're going to do this, it's going to have to be different, which that's kind of what we're fixing. So yeah, again, I hope my kids feel like they can be trailblazers and be their authentic selves. And I think that's what really, that's
0: to me what success is. Love that. You said um, once, and I'm not sure if you said it or I read it, that um, you wished that you would have pivoted earlier in your career yeah, and be- been strong enough or felt that you compelled that you could do that. Um, I was in, and it could be some generational stuff too. I was in the same career for a long time and loved it, loved it for sure. But um, I definitely, I was stuck at times and I did yeah. not take the, I didn't, I wasn't bold and didn't take the leap to shift. Yeah. Why do you think that you didn't um, make the shift earlier than when you did?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. And I've reflected on this a lot. Um, And I've actually written a few articles on LinkedIn about it. I honestly think it came down to my ego. And I'd had success. I made really good money. I was getting promoted. I was actually relocated by the company to another region. They tapped me on the shoulder to take over a region that was kind of a sinking ship. They had the confidence that I could turn it around all these little steps, I think I just, there was like an ego component. And I actually remember very clearly there was a day I was driving home. It was snowing at the time I lived in Denver. It was snowing, you know, and it was one of those nights like I had, you know, two different babysitters changing shifts, And I mean, it was just like chaos. And I thought, I think there was like this momentary like glimpse where my ego just went away. And I thought like, what am I doing? I I don't have to do this anymore like i can do other things and so the paycheck went away they came and picked up the company car you know my 401k we rolled that into you know iris which we now invest all those benefits and i worked for a company that was really generous with benefits it all went away the title it all went away and um yeah i mean i at the moment i was so panicked and fearful and all the things like questioning if i could do this if i could be successful in any other business
0: and I wish I would have done it sooner you know so. Do you think your identity got wrapped up in that title and that role? For sure. Especially I when, when I, I left as as a CEO I was like who am I now? Yeah. I'm not sure who I am. I'm not sure what my identity is. So totally, definitely and so many professional friends and
1: a hundred percent I mean I think that was one of the hardest I think that was one of the biggest considerations in leaving is, is all that Now, you know, and I when I left, I sort of thought I'll either go work for a startup or I'm leaving healthcare altogether. So that was another thing I like kind of a parameter I put up for myself through, you know, career counseling. I kind of figured that out. But, yeah, you know, it's um, I I think it was a really good exercise, though, because now I see my identity probably truly it's my identity is more authentic to who I am as a person. And. There's so many things I learned along the way, and I wouldn't exchange those experiences for anything um, because that's definitely contributed to what I'm doing now. Um, But I I learned that you have transferable skills. You know, I was in this one line, you know, one division, one, you know, I worked at medical devices in spine in sales and sales leadership. And I just didn't know if there was anything I could do outside of that. And what I've proven to myself is those skills transfer to any industry, to any type of company into any role. Including you know, starting your own company, so I think it's a good exercise to really like try to detach your identity from your job and also to just like see if your ego's in the way at all. Is it the paycheck, is it the title? Is it the trajectory? Is that what's keeping you there, or do you really love it and you really think that this
0: is who you are? Wow, wow, wow. And that's your by <laughs> so much, so much. Well, I cannot thank you enough for being here today of course there were so many golden nuggets there and so many things I want to reflect on myself and I'm sure the women and the young women that that watch this podcast will feel the same way so thank you for giving of your time my pleasure it's your company has of course you need to have a bottom line and but you also definitely clearly have this more altruistic um, empowering element to it which is really evident and thank you I wish you the very best
1: Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, I'm such an honor to be here. I love being part of Women Who Succeed. It's certainly uh, been a great fit.
0: Just good. So thank you good. so much. My pleasure. Well, thank you for joining us today for the We Hear Her podcast and Women Who Succeed. And we will see you next time. Thank you for taking the time to hear her. Join our efforts and learn more about Women Who Succeed at womenwhosucceed.org.